Dead Air Nation proudly presents The Bucking Cap Show, live on blogtalkradio.com. And now, here are your hosts, Buck and Cap. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Buck and Cap Show. Uh, sorry for the delay in launching the show. I had some issues with my studio, but I'm here now. We're all uh, good. And uh, Buck, I hope, will be with us soon. Anyway, my apologies for uh, the past couple of weeks not being able to do the show. Uh, you know, summertime hits. I'm just going to be honest. Summertime hits. And you wind up doing a bunch of different things. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this show tonight or something along those lines. But needless to say, um, we're here tonight. Uh, I I will say that in all likelihood, um, I won't be able to make the show next week. Uh, So, you know, unfortunately, uh, we'll look forward to doing it two weeks from from now. And guess what? I went to hit the chat and it says, "Oops, our engineers have been notified and we will get to the we will get this fixed. In many cases it will work the second time if you try again." So, you know, I had issues logging into the studio and then I had issues launching the show. So, uh, I imagine Buck, did you have some issues getting in? Yeah, brother. Yeah, I, I noticed that you uh, weren't in. Um, I called in. I, I didn't pay attention right away, but I called in, and I was actually in on the show, but it had not started because the host right. hadn't been in yet. So then I yeah, I went out, and I went and I hit the host thing, and I'm hitting the pin, and then it said incorrect pin. <laughs> and the reason sure. why is because when I put in the host pin, I actually put in the host call-in number and they were like dude you're dumb that's the call-in number and i was like ah oh oh my god now i gotta (laughs) do the pin so by the time i went and i redid it and did the pin all of a sudden it showed up that there was a host in there and i'm like is that me or is that my brother i'm like oh man let me hang up again and go in as the regular person again and i did it and there you were Magic. It was magic. See, and I usually log on to uh, the site first, get into Blog Talk, right? Pull up the studio because that's where you'll we'll see our host PIN number to put in when you dial in through Skype or if you dial in through the um, cell phone. But I couldn't get the studio to launch. It just, you know, I'm clicking, I'm clicking. Then I clicked on our dashboard. That came up. You know, I clicked on our episodes. That came up, but it took a little bit. So I was like, what the hell is going on? I think there might be an issue. Now, I'll try our chat again. And nope, it says, oops, our engineers are working on this. So if you are in our chat room, unfortunately, I'm unable to see you right now. But I'll keep trying. I'll get through. At some point, I'll get in there. If you're in there, I'll chat it up with Gonna you as soon as I do. Gonna try help with his friends. Friends. Ooh, try yeah. Try help with his friends. 
I said I'm gonna boom, keep boom, on boom, trying. Boom. Yeah. You gotta you gotta let the you gotta let the boom 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 boom. You know that that instrumental in there probably didn't sound as good as it would, you know, musically. Anyway, yeah, I, I, weekly just up. a little side note, little be off, yep, little be off on the beaten path. That's a great song. Like like, you know, it's one of those songs where it's like it, it might not be in your like top forty of songs or whatnot, but every time it comes on, man, you just feel good about it. You sing along, and it's just got some great elements to it. Just like you said, like you know, you have to let it go and and, and do that. Boom, 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 boom. And then it goes into that. Oh, oh, oof. Good stuff. Could it be anybody? Ah. <laughs> I want somebody to love. No, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Let's jump into it, our weekly update. First, I want to point out that in uh, the city of Philadelphia, which Buck and I are hop, skipping a jump from over the, uh, over the bridge in New Jersey, um, there is currently a standoff right now. Six police officers have been shot. Three others have been injured. Uh, as it stands right Wait. now, I believe in the Tioga Nice Town section, right, right near Erie and Broad. Um, it happened at about 3:30, and um, it's still going. They they were basically serving a narcotics search warrant, you know. So they were serving a warrant for narcotics, and this guy is holed up. As a matter of fact, just before coming on, Buck, I turned to the news real quick. And, um, you know, they were saying shots were recently fired. That was probably about, God, almost a half hour now, 20 minutes ago. So um, needless to say, you know, they've got residents there. They have a daycare right next door to where this guy's holed up in, in one of the houses. Um, it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous job serving these warrants. You just keep hearing more and more on these police shootings, they were serving a warrant. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be that guy. You never know when somebody's going to pop off, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, that's currently still going on. Ironically, they brought the weatherman on about a half hour ago and said, you know, there's a weather pattern coming and possibly thunderstorms that are going to hit that area in the next 20 to 30 minutes, somewhere between eight 30 and nine. Um, it could possibly hit and, you know, that could make it a lot more dangerous, uh, for them, you know, especially if they have to pull back a little bit to get to a safer area, you know, because of the weather. So, right. Maybe an opening for the guy to get away. You never know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be serious, but that happened. That guy ain't getting away. Like, oh no, no, he won't get away. Oh, I mean, he, ain't but away. he could try. 
every time you hear something like that, like I, I, to be honest with you, you know, we're we're two clean cut guys and everything like that. It doesn't mean like whenever something like this happens, do I don't think about like, you know, honestly, like if I were in the same situation as this dude and I was doing something, I'll call it unsavory, uh, that led to all of this, like. I just don't know the frame of mind of somebody when they start thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm getting away with it, with my life here. It's like, <laughs> I, 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 I never see how the outcome comes towards that way. Like we're serving you a warrant. Trust me. We're prepared for you to try to get out of here. You know what I mean? And like the guy is just like, Nope, I'm just going to shoot it up. Like seriously. I will you say know, that... I watched the live PD uh, TV show, mm-hmm. follows the officer's lives. Needless to say, every time something comes up, I turn around and I go, what are you thinking? You're not getting away from this situation. What are you thinking? I do that all the time. <laughs> so this is like, probably one like of those times where... Hugely, you have to be hugely prepared and have already like had an escape route underneath the house or something like that prepared in order to even have a, a, a slight edge of getting away. You know? Of course. Or, or and the other thing armed. is, <laughs> I, I was thinking about this, you know, quite recently, actually, because, you know, uh, a friend of mine uh, had uh, brought out his drone and, like, I read up on some, you know, regulations for, for drones and everything. And, like, this, like, I, I immediately thought, you know, this is something that is, you know, pretty clever kind of weapon, or not weapon, but pretty clever kind of piece of um, machinery for, say, a cop or even a firefighter, uh, you know, for that matter, to, like, go into a house that they, you know, they don't know. You know, they can fly that baby up, look through some windows, you know, try to find a way, you know what I mean? You know, maybe if they open up a door and there's, like, no nobody coming through, they can fly one of those puppies through and kind of do some recon uh, before they actually go into the house, you know what I mean? It's just something mm-hmm. that I thought about. And you talk about the standoff. I was like, you know what? That that's like a time where you would think that that something like that could come into use, man. You know, it it, it for all we know, it sounds like it's uh, like that. They well, I'm sure. Here here's the thing: like technology like that comes out. Same thing with cell phones. Um, when they came out, you know, most of your technology that you use for uh, a daily use computers, anything like mm-hmm. that, uh, was originally set up as, you know, uh, military uh, based. So, you know, I, and I believe that, you know, full heartedly, like all this stuff, you know, at one point it was probably brought up uh, to be used somehow by our military or, or military just in general. In, in the world, and you know, then it it came to a point where it's like, yeah, well, 
this is technology that we can use for people in everyday use. Um, same thing with drone technology. It's it's the same thing. There's man, I I didn't know we were going to get into this, but there are like some crazy, not crazy actually. There's pretty smart regulations because when something like that comes out and gets started in the use for the public use, and at first you know you see one or two around. And then all of a sudden you see like everybody has one, and it's it's just interesting to to see like you know when it has something that can affect you know aircraft in the air it's a it's a pretty important thing, so it's like for instance i I read up on it, and it's like within five miles of any airport, you know whether it be military regular airport, even like a small plane, prop plane airport or whatnot. Like when the, in the first, in, in there's a certain airspace, like, you know, FAA airspace that is, you know, you need permission in order to fly that thing. Like you have to call into the FAA. You buy one of those things, uh, brother, and you have to register it with the FAA right away. If not, the fine mm-hmm. is ginormous and like there's all regulations about you know flying it in the neighborhood you have to if you're flying it in a neighborhood you have to fly it like 400 feet above any um or not 400 feet because you can't go any higher than 400 feet but you have to um maybe it's 250 250 feet higher than any house you know what i mean which can be interpreted kind of crazy because, you know, people say, well, you know, if that's the truth and you're in the city and you're on a 56-story high rise, does that mean that, like, whatever the highest building is around you, you have to fly it, like, 200 feet above that? Because then you're getting above 400 feet total. So it, it was kind of interesting, an interesting read. And, you know, just I was like, wow just amazing you know, with anything like that though so, uh, same thing with cell phones you know uh, all of a sudden it's like you know this affects daily life we need to come up with regulations for it it's interesting anyway mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know that was a side note into the uh, standoff <laughs> but uh, yeah that's all it's, interesting stuff though We we could do a whole show on that type of stuff. That is why I'm keeping my mouth shut because you know my propensity to to get, you know, knee deep into this type of stuff. So I'm like, yeah, just I'll, I'll play it cool. I can't can't go off, you know, because... Right. Well, brother, man, yeah, we know your we'll be propensity here to uh, go knee deep on things. You know, we don't need to let our <laughs> listeners know. See, but we know I what your it. propensity is to go knee deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Knee, knee, knee. Usually it's incorporated with some music. <laughs> Tonight for your viewing pleasure, it's Cappy Knee Deep. Knee deep. <laughs> Hashtag knee deep. 
Oh uh, man, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to do something with the um and put it up in the studio so we can hit that ending. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Cappy Knee Deep. Like you gotta have that in the beginning, that low, slow and then it gets into this. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Oh, are you ready? Are you ready up in the cabin? All right. We stretched this one about as far as we could. Uh, actually, we could go further. We know that. But. I just find let's, it uh, kind of interesting. It's kind of no, interesting ahead. how we went from a Philadelphia, a standoff in Philadelphia to that point. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But we, we've been known to, you know, twist it on uh, worse topics. You know what I mean? You know, far serious. And then we're, we're on the far side, serious. I'm saying stuff without, you know, uh, my mind is racing ahead of my mouth, I guess. But anyway, and then the next thing you know, we're on the <laughs> way on the other side. On crude That's and what he said. <laughs> I'm not just, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so we talked about a few things leading up to tonight's show. And one of the things you wanted to get into, Buck, oddly enough, I mean, this is my area that I usually push, but uh, you wanted to talk about the whole Jeffrey Epstein situation. I put it in our uh, show uh, description as the suicide debacle, which I think we can all agree that that was a debacle. I mean, I I was reading up just recently um, before the show about, you know, correction officers falsifying reports saying that they did check on them. Well, obviously you didn't. So this, this is going to get nasty. Uh, for those yes. who don't know, I'm sure you all know, but for those who don't know or are living under a rock, Jeffrey Epstein, um, you know, he's in jail waiting trial for sex trafficking and um, uh, underage uh, having sex with uh, minors, basically. And he committed suicide in uh, jail. He was supposed to be watched and checked on like every 30 minutes, but police officers didn't uh, follow uh, protocol. And I found out just uh, last night that one of them wasn't even a corrections officer. They were um, an employee with the, uh, with the center, but not a corrections officer. So they were an employee of someone, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, I should think no, no, don't you think? One hundred percent. Yeah, they were definitely an employee of someone, man. They were definitely an employee of someone. A highly paid employee. This just in, Buck. JT Real Muto, Grand Slam, and now the Phillies are up ten nothing on the Cubs. How about that new hitting coach, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, Charlie Manson. Guess what? He did that. He did that for like twenty some years before. Um, maybe not twenty some years. I think I think more like a dozen or more years before he got into head coach. Um, you know, so no, I didn't. I didn't know what the score was, but I will say this: it's ten nothing Cubbies. And it's Cole Hamels coming back to Philadelphia. How about that? That's mm-hmm. crazy. I guess well, you could say they rocked runs. his boat a little bit. They scored two runs in the first on uh, Hamels. And then they scored um, two more in the second, I believe, to to make it 4 nothing. So, yep. Yep, they uh, they're doing good. So anyway, back to Epstein. I mean, I should have broke in. Well, well I really should have yeah, broke put in. A with ch- it. Put, put a check mark on that. We're going to go back to that subject in, in in maybe a half hour or so. Okay. Well, well, you, well, you want me to put a check it? mark on that? Let's pin it. Pin it. Pin. Ow! Anyway, yeah, Jeffrey anyway. Epstein. Yeah, sure. we had to bring this. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like I talked when we were talking about it. I was like, you got to bring this up. And, and really, I don't think we like really got into about him and what is going on with him at all uh, during past shows. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, you know, craziness. It makes you think. You know, people with money. You know, what are these people with huge amounts of money doing right now in our world? Uh, it it kind of makes you think. It, it makes you think, like, you know, if that's what he was doing with his money and everything, you know, setting up human uh, trafficking and, you know, the, the miners and all that stuff. Like, some of the people who have gross amounts of money more than him what are what are they doing, you know? And, and I have a theory, I really do, where there's probably like six people in the world who have just money that you can, that is unfathomed and not really on the books. They, it's just the amount of money that they have who have all kinds of power over everything, you know, you know, what goes on in the world, like the real decisions. You know, even getting involved in, you know, who is who our leaders are going to be. I'm talking about the world, not just the U.S. And, mm-hmm. you know, just controlling markets and and really controlling, you know, every little piece of what goes on in the world, media, things like that. You know, so it's people with all this money, you really don't even know. Like you might know a little bit here and there about some of them but you don't know just how powerful and how rich they are. And I really do believe that because it, it's just like, and, and, it, and it ties into like this story with Epstein because, you know, his quote unquote suicide, you know, that happened with, you know, all these, all these people watching out for him and everything. And he still manages to be able to get the, the tools and the know-how to commit suicide you know, it's 
it, it just makes you wonder, like, it really, like, seriously, like, that really happened? Like, he, well, I, I with everything they, that is going on, and the names have come up. With everything that is going on, and all the names that have come up, you know that he has been known to be around, or or uh, known to have known throughout the years. That you just knew that this this suicide, yeah, it it's boom. It's a conspiracy theory. It's like the man in the grassy knoll. There was somebody, somebody behind it. We can go on yeah, on there, theories who that might be, but I don't want to be shot. So <laughs> there's definitely a lot of factors that came in uh, to play perfectly for him. You know. Like one, he was on suicide watch, you know, after trying to hang himself on July 23rd. And then he was taken off of suicide watch, which why? Why would he be taken off suicide watch? Then um, his cellmate, uh, pardon me, posted bail last Friday, leaving Epstein alone in his cell the day before he died, (laughs) basically. Oh, then he, he pulled a sheet he pulled a sheet off the shelf and hung himself. And the correctional officers, one of them being a temporary employee at the detention center, uh, who were supposed to watch him and check in on him like every thirty minutes, didn't do that. Although the logs showed that they did. But surveillance footage shows that they did not. So I, I know where you're leaning. I, I, I'm i I'm in agreement with you. It's, it's a little too fishy. I think they, you know, allowed him to do it to himself. I don't think somebody killed him, though, because that would have been caught on surveillance uh, footage. Sure, it would have been. It probably was caught on surveillance footage, but now you can't find that surveillance footage. I'm telling you. <laughs> Telling you. The the moment the moment that call goes out that Epstein is in distress and possibly committed suicide, the FBI is in there. So if they've got surveillance footage of the guards outside of his cell, they there's no way they would have gotten away with uh with getting rid of footage of somebody killing them. There's just no way. Well, no, I, I I agree. There's no there's no way that they, you know, there <laughs> there's no the way I'm trying to phrase this right for you. There's no way theoretically that you can get away, just like a, the guy in the shooting. There's no way he gets away. There's no way you get away with you know getting rid of all that stuff without people having knowledge. However. Money, big amount, big amount of money, can take care of all of that. You know, with all persons yeah, involved. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I froze it when they brought him out on the stretcher to look and see, you know, the marks on his neck. You know what I mean? Because you, you see this, and you're like, here's, here's footage of him when they went to go take him to the hospital, and they had the oxygen mask on. And stuff like that. They covered up the area around uh, his neck where you couldn't see it clearly. But 
I mean, you know, somebody could have taken the sheet and strangled him with it, but he he was still he was alive when they found him. Um, quote unquote. I, I, I think it there's another story out there that and who knows, I mean it's rumored there's another story out there that he had been dead one or two hours before he was found. But I mean, you look at him on the stretcher as they bring him out, you know, I, I didn't see any like, you know, gunshot wounds or anything like that. But I mean, anything can happen when you, you've got money like that. But keep in mind, this is the guy who had the money. He, he has money to make sure people protect him, you know, until he's like, the one thing that I think of is, the accusers said that a lot of the information from this trial uh, was released the day before he committed suicide, which basically painted a nasty picture of him and his assistant, I believe, um, luring young girls um, for him to have sex with and, and with others you know, that he knew. Crazy. Um, yeah. I pulled up another article just recently. Jislaine uh, Gis- Maxwell, that's um, his alleged madam, his assistant. You know, one of the accusers okay. said that she recruited, recruited her when she was 14 years old to have sex with um, Epstein. And do whatever Jeffrey wanted. That's just nasty stuff, man. I mean, it is nasty. <laughs> Let's. It's, I think it's another example of those who have so much money. I mean, the guy owns a, a private island for Christ's sake. That's a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, I just. You're I think these about people that. feel like they can get away with anything and everything. But why? Why would you do it? I I just think nowadays you're going to be the one that, regardless of your money, they're going to set an example of you. So why? You got all this money. Why are you? That's just it's nuts. Because you have all that money and you feel like you're untouchable. Really. Well, I just said that, but then in this day and age, now, like, you know, before in the past, officers used to protect one another. I I pull you over and you're drunk. Oh, all right. Go ahead, Scott. Get on home. You know, we won't say anything about it. Nowadays, no. They they point that out and they're, you know, the uh, office, you know, whatever jurisdiction – is proud that they caught a bad cop. Just like people with money, you know, got away with, probably still get away with a lot, a lot of things. But, you know, now rather than, you know, take that money and cover it up with all the cameras that are out there these days, people with their uh, phones taking pictures and video of it, Man, if you if you take money and, and kind of keep it quiet, 
you're going to be the guy that goes down as well if something surfaces out of nowhere. So, I mean, nowadays, I agree. You know, with the money and everything else like that, they think they're untouchable. But I don't understand why now anybody like that would think they're untouchable. How many people have we seen in the last three to five years that have significant money are now, you know, in jail, facing charges, or dead because they, you know, killed themselves or something like that. A lot. It's crazy. Greed. It's power. They they really they really believe that, you know, they have so much power in the world that they can get away with this. And and the thing is, is that, you know, what I like to explain is is that. Usually, for the most part, except for like those very few people that I'm saying in in the world that control everything, um, there's always somebody above you, and you can't you can't do things that piss off the people above you, the people with more money with more power, because mm. if you do, it, it and, and this is what I believe happened with Epstein, you know he he started believing that he could do whatever he wants and it took so long to come out because you know all of a sudden somebody my feeling is is with any kind of thing like that somebody has to tip them off and you know they always have these 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 people who were part of it like in his case you know the 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 women that uh were being trafficked Traff- I can't even say the word right. You know what I'm saying, though. Mm-hmm. Who were the ones being trafficked? Did I can't say it. Ugh. But anyway, first day with the um, new mouth. Yeah, sure. But the thing is, is that um, the there's always somebody where it gets covered up. It was obviously covered up pretty well up until this point, but. Somebody had to tell somebody something. Somehow, some way, it got leaked out. Somehow, some way, and I believe some he pissed off somebody who just has more money and more power than him. And they were, you know, they were like, "Yeah, we're we're going to bring you down." You know, just to, and they did. And it's it's one of those cases where, you know, um. It's going to be high profile because of who he is. You know, this obviously, this is stuff, and it's kind of sickening to think about because usually it's in the back of your mind. But when somebody of this kind of caliber comes up and you find out what they've been doing with their lives, you start thinking, this is happening everywhere. And, like, you don't hear about it, but it's happening in every uh, state, you know, every country. It's it's mind-bogglingly sickening how it's happening, but it's just, it's prominent in the world. It's just one of those issues, again, that's prominent in the world. But now, you know, this guy is a part of it. And, you know, it came out and it gets big-time media attention because somebody snitched. And, you know, somebody gave... uh the authorities' clues as to what was going on there. And, you know, now he's paid the ultimate price for it, 
and I, I'm just going to be honest with you, Cappy. Uh, it's there's no love loss here, um, for what he was doing, uh, in in the world and everything like that. You know, I I really feel like it's karma, what happened to him, whether it was a conspiracy or whether he actually did do it to himself, because the other thing mm-hmm. is is that maybe, you know. Now that everything had come out and he was at the point where, you know, he's going to jail and everything, those people who snitched on him or whatever, basically, you know, it might have gotten through the grapevine. Hey, by the way, um, you're either going to off yourself or we're going to start offing family members. Things like so, that. You know what I mean? Who do you so feel my has... theory is, is that it could have happened. What's that? I'm just curious as to who you feel have snitched on him. I mean, his accusers, you know, filed um, against him, which is what brought this all about, the sex trafficking and everything else like that. I mean, I imagine, you know, during the investigation, they might have had some people that, you know, said, oh, I'm not going down with them. And they, you know, told all the truths. But. You know, the way you're proposing this, it's, you know, somebody with more money than him put it in motion for people to snitch on him, and this is how he got arrested. Right. The way I have read it. I know. I'm going down the rabbit hole with it. I am. Yeah. But his accusers haven't come out until just now. Like, why haven't they come I out mean, until just now? Because they were probably afraid to until they got assurances from somebody else who he pissed off. It, it, it's possible. I'm not yeah, saying that it's totally right. We might never know if it's totally right. I'm just saying that it's very easily, it's how I believe it went down. You know, I, I mean. I also think that's uh, in this day and age. Some of the people. Of the Me Too movement. Some of the people that could have come down like with that. him. I'm sorry. Some You're of the people that could have gone that, down. I was man. talking. I'm, okay. I'm sorry again. Uh, some You're of the going to have to. Re- oh, I'll just shut up. Okay. Some of the people that were related to this whole story, some of them, some of the people that came up, and I'm not naming names. There is no. I don't care how uh, remote of a of a radio station that we are here. I ain't naming names of the names that I have heard that are that I've heard could be involved with this guy. Um, you know, some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, but the thing is, is that some of these people that you know um, that he could have that were you know, associated with him, you know, there is no way in hell that I can sit here and tell you. You know, the way it went down, like I said, you know, a lot of people have control over media, brother. I'm telling you right now, it, it I could be wrong. I'm not saying that I, that you're, you know, that I'm not going too far with it. It's just my belief that he just pissed off the wrong person and some of these people have to cover their butts and clear their names and make sure that they're clear of all of this conspiracy. And, and that's how we went down the rabbit hole to where he is now, which is 
you know, dead. And I, I just feel like maybe it was him that did the, the suicide, but it was brought on. I'm, that's just my theory. That's just my thought process. It's just way too. No, I hear you. I, uh, I agree that, you know, people might have put in motion like, hey, don't check on him. You know, he's already tried to commit, uh, commit suicide. Let him commit suicide, you know, so he, they bury some truce with his death. Um, you know, I, I could see that happening, but I don't think anybody, like, physically killed him. Um, you know, just based on the stories that I'm reading where they're bringing up the surveillance footage from uh, the jail and pointing out that correction officers didn't follow protocol and the warden is now reassigned and those employees have been put on leave pending the investigation. They're probably going to lose their jobs. The warden's probably going to get, uh, he's reassigned now, but he's probably eventually going to get fired because, you know, this was allowed to happen. But I, I just, I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that someone physically killed them. I think it's totally viable that people were like, you know, hey, look, we'll take care of you down the road. Just don't go in and check on him. Let him do his own thing. If he kills himself, great. You know, just, you know, allow the things to happen. And rather than having somebody in a cell with him, after the guy posts his uh, cellmate posts bail, okay, you know, there's another thing. They, you know, they should have moved him to a pod or something like that. Versus having him in itself by himself. I mean, he just tried to commit suicide like two weeks ago. <laughs> so I think there's a lot there that, um, I mean, Attorney General Bill Barr is livid about stuff. I think we're going to learn a lot more along the lines of what you're talking about. I think we're going to learn um, down the road in like another week or two. Okay. I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to throw something at you. And you know, yep. far-fetched as it may be. Not That's saying it. that it's true, but I'm just going to throw something at you. So the guy is on suicide watch. He he tried to commit suicide 2 weeks ago, right? You know, all this surveillance because you talked about surveillance footage. In this day and age, the question I have for you in this day and age, do you really believe that surveillance, surveillance footage can't be doctored? In this day and age, do you really believe that obviously there are fall guys or, or fall people, if you will, in any kind of um, cover-up? Do you believe in this day and age that nothing can be covered up? Do you believe that somebody with significant power could not have sat there and said, you know what? He committed suicide or he tried to commit suicide a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, and told these people, you know, is, is it possible that one of these people checking up couldn't have uh, given him something, a needle of whatnot, uh, something that could have, you know, accelerated the process. You know, if somebody really could, who has a lot of power and a lot of money, and could get into a lot of trouble 
you know, if this guy decides I'm not going to kill myself and I'm just going to talk and, and mention all kinds of names who were involved with me on this, you know, the, you don't think somebody could have said, let's accelerate this process a little bit. You don't think there's ways that they, and people that could have been paid in order to make sure that those things happen and that it could mm. be covered up as a suicide. I'm just asking, you don't think that's possible at well, all? No, I think it's all very possible, but I don't think that's possible in this situation. Let's put it this way. You're taking a grave risk doing that stuff, doing to the level that you're talking about, putting a needle in them. We would have known that by now. That would have came out. I mean, once he's declared dead, he's at the, hold on. That's too much, Buck. That's too much to go through. And you're putting way, way too much on the line when you've got the FBI involved. And now you have the attorney general of the United States involved that, it would have come out by now that somebody doctored the surveillance footage. It would have come out by now that there was a needle mark on him. There could be other things involved, but see where I'm, where I draw the line is at that stuff. I can, I can see somebody going, well, I'm not going to check on them and say, you know, hey, he was off suicide watch, so we thought we didn't have to go in every 30 minutes to check him. Therefore, they can't pin the death on you. They they can reassign you, possibly fire you, and then you could, you know, file a grievance and say, look, this is the way we handle them normally, you know, and you have something to cover your own ass with. I mean, it's just they're – this is a high-profile case. That would be like somebody going into jail during the O.J. Simpson trial and offing him and thinking they would get away with it. You're not. It's too high-profile. That's, that's where I'm at with that. But, I mean, I see where you're coming from because, you know, if he pissed off somebody with a lot more money than him, you know, they could, they could try all these different things, and, and you know, eventually, it, it's going to get to a point where, wait a minute, that's that's going a little too far, you know, because once this once this leaks out that he is dead, they are going to be in here like white on rice, looking at everything and everything, and that just doesn't give me enough time to get rid of all this stuff and cover it up. I, but I won't say never. You know what I'm saying? I won't say never. I just would say any involvement in it is highly stupid. <laughs> and, and to the point of other people with money, they're you know they need to cover their own asses. If they if they think right. I, I'm just saying killing him people with people who could be associated with him who who would need to you know I, I, I 
I just believe in this day and age, because you, you brought up FBI, you brought up the Attorney General. It, it, I just believe that with the right amount of money and the right amount of power, all that could be handled. I'm just that's well, that's that where I'm at. I, I that would be at the ha- level of the president. Is that is I want to have faith. I I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it's the level of the president. You know because it could. It could be beyond the level would, of the president, to be honest with it you. It would have to be to uh, get through all yeah. that. I mean, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, and I got to tell you, if you're if you're associated with him, money or otherwise, and you think that killing him is going to stop the investigations and then not finding stuff, then I'd say you're pretty damn stupid. <laughs> Unless you have the unless you have the power to make sure that all those investigations somehow didn't come up with anything, I I, I oh, that, again here here's my thing. I, I, I think we, I know where you get going now. Keep going and keep going. Um, <laughs> no, you you want to put those words into my mouth? That's not where actually well, it really you, isn't where I'm coming saying, from. My idea. My idea doesn't go to the president because because the truth is is that there's only one man that can stop an attorney general's investigation, and that's the president. It's not stopping the the investigation. Have that in an investigation, but somehow the investigation didn't come up with nothing. Okay, you just said. I'm just saying. If they had the power, this world. This day and age is Hold very on. possible. Hold on. Can I break this down for very you? Very possible. Can I break this down for you using your own words? You just said if they had the power to, you know, affect these investigations, the only man with the power to affect the attorney general's investigation is the president. That's the that's whole the only person. new that's a whole new can Congress, of worms there, Captain. A whole new whole new can of worms. Because if you think for one I'm second I'm just using your words, Bob. the president I'm just using let me finish. your words. The You said if somebody had if the power you, All right. I'm I'm just gonna stop because you're you're just you're you're at a defense level right now where you can't see what you just said, even when I explain it to you, in your very I never own said words, the president, so because stop. you're not letting me finish. I, you didn't say the but president. I'm trying to I say, didn't say you said the president. I'm just pointing out what you just laid out as maybe somebody with the power to affect those investigations. You never know. Well, the only person with the power to to have any uh, involvement with the attorney general's investigations is the president. I'm just pointing that out to you, but you don't want to. You don't want to see that. No. Okay, you're. Are you finished? Can I rebut for a second? <laughs> I'm just going to shut up because because what you're trying to say is that the president is the most powerful person in our country, and I'm well, telling you that's not true. No, I'm not that's, trying to say that's that. That's all I'm going I'm with. To... That's all I'm saying. Okay, but I'll correct you. 
That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to tell you that the only person who can stop the attorney general's investigation is the president. That's all I'm trying to tell you. I never said anything about stopping investigation. If somebody had the power, you said, you never know. I'm talking about somebody who has the power to get involved. I forget exactly what you said about investigation, but basically what you're pointing to is somebody who has the power to affect these investigations. You never know. So the investigation by the attorney general, there's only one person who can stop or affect that investigation outside of the attorney general himself, the president of the United States. I'm just saying that. I'm not trying to make a conspiracy theory about the president. I'm just trying to point out your own words are leading down that path. Okay. Well, I'll I'll say the one thing I said in my whole my own words. I, I never said stop when Going into the stop. form of an investigation, I'd never said the word stop. So, just going I on that. Say that. Just going on that. If you think that in a situation like that, that the president is the only person of power who can control that, I didn't say that either. I'm saying, and I'm saying whether he can be, could he be involved? Maybe, but could he not be involved and things could be going on around him that he has no knowledge of? Well, gee, that happens That's every very day. Possible. I <laughs> I mean, That's very possible. I, and not even with this president and, and presidents of the past, presidents of the future. I'm telling you right now, there are things going on around the government that those people have no clue over. None whatsoever. Little mm. tiny things going on around them that they have no clue about. And that we as the American public and the media who thinks they've got a they've got a button on everything and, and, and a clue on everything have no clue what's actually going on. I kinda sound like um I kind of sound like Duckman on this one. You know what I mean? Like I'm really coming up with a conspiracy theory here. But I'm just saying, it, it, it's just my belief that in this whole Epstein thing, with him committing suicide, it's very, very fishy. And I'll leave it at that. Everything that we've just said in the last half hour, I will leave with, to me, I just believe it to be very, very fishy. That's all. Hello. Are you with me, Cappy? Uh, we didn't talk about this, and somebody didn't put a gag order on you over there, did they? <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My daughters are out with their cousins right now. I'm expecting them. I'm expecting them soon. The dogs were going a little too wild. So um, I, there's no way I could unmute myself. I had to go and calm it down. You know what I mean? So, gotcha. 
I thought it was no, the girls. It wasn't. So just be aware the dogs might go crazy again. And you know how they get. They do it every time you come to the door. <laughs> yeah, I know. They I'll, sound I'll, like I'll, they're dying. I'll buy the video, dogs gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I probably didn't hear the last few minutes of, of your um, statements, but yeah, we'll leave it. Oh, we'll, we'll leave it as that. Well, then listen to the archives because it was juicy. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> all I said, all I said that you weren't there for it, so you might not have heard it. I said out of all the conversation in the last half hour about this, all I'm going to finish it off with is that in my mind and my belief that his suicide just seems fishy to me. That's all. I agree. I agree 100%. I think there were too many people that looked the other way um, to allow it to happen. And it could be, it, it, there could be a number of reasons for it. You know what I mean? It could be somebody who's like, you know what? You and I would despise a man like this who trafficked young teenage girls. We would despise someone like this. And if someone wanted to, you know, possibly do harm to him, even if it was himself, yeah, we might look the other way. You never know. I I don't know if I actually would in this day and age because I just feel eventually you're going to get caught. It's like the people inside the prison to help others escape, you know, they eventually find them out. I don't know. It's just crazy. But, yeah, I I mean, that's fishy. That's just, I feel like it's some things I I just can't fathom. I can't ever fathom. When I see them on the news, I'm like, I just can't even believe that that's, that's actually happening. You know what I mean? Like drug or, or human trafficking. Like, seriously, like, what do these people, like, where do these people come from? How do these people run in their, like, what's going on in their mind that they believe that this is all a good idea? Like, I just, it, it just, I, it just escapes me how it's, it's even a thing. You know, um, from the, the, from the human trafficking to the, you know, um, to having sex with minors, which is all part of this too. Like it just, oh my god! Like how in the world is this even like a, a thought process? And you know, you read about like things about the past. Like and I'll bring up an example: the Roman Empire, like and and everything that you read up about that, like things that were going on, like. Excuse me for a second. Um, you know, with like Caesar, well, not Caesar, but like the the people in power, the the, the emperors of of Rome and whatnot, and and they're like and the people around them, yeah, you know, with who had the power and the money, and like how they would just, you know, whatever they would have sex with young boys, girls. 
um, do all kinds of, you know, just terrible things. And I think to myself, so it's been going on, you know, since the beginning of time. But I, I just, my mind doesn't think that way. So I can't even bring it to that part. Like, how is that possible? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I want to pass this by you because I was reading, as you were saying that stuff, I was reading up about that, um, the woman, Jislene uh, Gis, uh, Maxwell, um, who they're yeah. indicating she recruited, uh, she recruited young girls for Epstein. They, there's stuff here where it, it basically makes it sound like she they thought she was held up in a Massachusetts mansion. Um, uh, Scott Bergeron um, mansion in Manchester by the sea, but he's indicating she's not at my home. Uh, but there's speculation as to where she could be. And basically... Uh, they indicate if she remains out of sight and possibly out of the United States, the Oxford School of Maxwell could avoid potential civil liability and prosecution related to her relationship with Epstein. Before her association with Epstein, Maxwell was best known to the public as the namesake of the Lady Gislaine, the yacht that her father, disgraced English media mogul Robert Maxwell, either jumped from or fell from when he mysteriously died at sea, leaving $4 billion in debt behind. Does that, that paragraph that I just read kind of insinuate that maybe she had something to do with her father's death? Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I read that and I was like, oof, this, this woman is surrounded by um, nastiness. Uh-huh. I think um, I think uh, basically what you were trying to say there is you were trying to quote the great Dark Helmet when he said, I'm surrounded <laughs> by assholes. Yes. Keep yes. firing, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it goes on, it says, uh, that this Maxwell woman, 57, long has been named by Epstein's accusers as a woman who recruited underage girls so that he could sexually abuse them under the pretext of getting massages at his luxurious properties in Manhattan, Palm Beach, Florida, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. One employer of Epstein's called Maxwell the lady of the house, referring to his mansion in Palm Beach. I don't know. I think there might be something behind that too. Telling you. No, thank you. I'll stay as far away as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that mean you're not going to the Virgin Islands? Uh, God, I wish I could go to the Virgin Islands. I wish I had the money to do that. You know what? You you've seen the show Below Deck. Mediterranean. I showed that to you. I mean, some of that stuff. Could you imagine being able to do that? From what I can ascertain over the seasons that I've watched, to charter 
a private yacht like those for a period of three days or more is at least a hundred thousand plus. Not to mention, you better have anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five thousand to tip the staff that waits on you hand and foot while you're out there. But I mean, when when they were out in um, uh, like Greece and Croatia, oh my God, fuck, it was beautiful out there. I was like, my goodness, you know? Yeah, I wish, I wish, but I wouldn't be on his island. Not not now. No. I'd be as far away as possible. Stay away from that private island. You might see private. <laughs> and don't and don't bring your daughters <laughs> with you. No, definitely don't bring your daughters. All right. It might be in Too the soon? Virgin Islands, but there are no virgins there. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> oh man. Let's take a music break, and then when we get back, we'll get into the fantasy football and stuff. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. Just want to just re- want to remind our listeners that we are typically here. It's summer season. Let's put an asterisk next to that. <laughs> We're here every Wednesday night, 8 p.m., live on the Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeercode.com. You make an order or place an order, rather, make sure to use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. We'll be right back after this music break. I almost said commercial break. How do you like that? Right after this music break. I got a girl crush. Hate to Taste like 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you tired of those old, boring dating websites that promise you the perfect match or the perfect somebody you can enjoy the harmony of life with? Well, that's not our belief over here at HeavyHitters.com. No, we believe... Why should you constantly be going out there looking for a 10 when you can easily have a 3? Well, over here at HeavyHitters.com, we don't discriminate anybody. You can be black, white, straight, gay, male or female. You can even be Democrat or Republican. We'll match you up with one of our fine members. We'll take their low self-esteem and mix it with your low expectations so visit us at heavyhitters.com because we're large in charge and waiting for you damn right folks welcome back to the buck and cat show here on dead air nation network presented by gnarly beer co go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com buck i mean epstein should have followed suit with heavy hitters. I mean, well, I was about you to should say, have went down that I was path. about to give you an update that heavyhitters.com <laughs> has since closed because apparently it was owned oh. by Epstein. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and yes, folks, that commercial break, as well as the music, I picked out simply because of the conversation. Well, I was going to say, another interesting note about the music there is that was actually Mm. sung by Epstein's wife. (laughs) Not that version, but... (laughs) Epstein's Epstein's wife (laughs) sang something like that? Got a girl crush. She wants to taste her lips because they taste like him. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. See... I'm not drowning herself in a bottle of her perfume. Uh, I appreciate it. I I thank you very much. Um, Fantasy football is coming up, Buck. I mean, don't you have a draft this week? Got a draft tomorrow. Bam! I don't know. Tomorrow. I know. Wow. So there's there's actually a lot we should discuss. Now, mind you, ours is Labor Day weekend for the family league. Um. And I got to tell you, man, there's there's a lot of variables out there, I think. Do you know if anything, if there any movement in regards to um, Zeke Elliott? And for that matter, I, I heard some rumblings about Dak Prescott wanting uh, some more money as well. And the two of them, um, Melvin Gordon's another one. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I will, I'll speak about this real brief, but I feel like what Le'Veon Bell had, had done the last couple of years really mm-hmm. could be something that becomes the new norm. Um, you could see it happening, you know, every year. I will say that every year it seems like guys do things or say things or, or cry injury uh, during training camp so that they just don't have to do it. You know what I mean? I I I really believe that that mm-hmm. is like something that happens and that they do do. Uh, but like the the new precedent of you know I'll like literally saying I'll sit out a whole year, and honestly, Le'Veon Bell sat out a whole year, got what he wanted, got the money he wanted, 
and and it turned out to work out for him. Um, and now you got Zeke and you got uh, Melvin Gordon thinking the same thing. You got Dak Prescott. Like, I mean, honestly, here's where the agent comes in comes into mind. Um, you know, my personal belief is that when you're on a rookie contract, you're on a rookie contract, no matter whether you've uh, outplayed your rookie contract or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's set up in that way for a reason. And you know, you're going to see changes coming up in, in contracts from now on, in rookie contracts, where, um, you know, you have options to opt out of them earlier than expected. You know, I just feel like that's the road we're going down. But, you know, the precedent of sitting out a whole season, a whole season, and and saying I'm not going to play and all the money you lose. So Le'Veon Bell went and did it, and it turned out to work out for him. So I feel like other, especially running backs, because they seem to get uh, screwed when it comes to the money anymore. You know, it's all about quarterbacks and wide receivers anymore. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like they probably believe that they deserve more money for what they're doing. And um, I'm not even going to say that I personally don't believe that that should be true. However, you know, it, it, it it's going to be, in my belief, the new norm. You know, guys are just going to be like, you know, I'm sitting out the whole year. If it worked out for that one, for the one guy, Le'Veon Bell, you got to think, oh, why isn't it going to work out for me? What's going to happen is some guys mm. that is going to work out for us, like Ezekiel Elliott, I feel will work out for him. But like Melvin Gordon, you know, people will say, oh, you know, he, he gets injured a lot. And, you know, and mm. it might not work mm-hmm. out as well. So it's just food for thought. But it's definitely something that, especially when you're doing a fantasy football draft so early in the tra- in training camp, and not like a week be- – I believe all should be done a week before, at some point a week before uh, draft. Yep. But obviously you got to get everybody who's involved in it, all the owners. You have to come up with a date that everybody agrees upon. And still it comes and turns out that, you know, some guys can't make it and you got to make special circumstances and things like that. And, you know – in this case, this is this was the date that uh, that had happened. I'm I'm one of those guys who's usually flexible, um, so I usually you know I'm like you know I'll do what I can to make it work. Like for instance, tomorrow, you know, at the time that they're they want to start the draft, I'm just hopefully I'm just getting home, but I might be late, you know, and <clears throat> I've. I've let that be known. I, I said, you know, six o'clock's not good for me, but it's happening anyway. So, you know, I, I have to adjust to that, and I do what I can to adjust to that. But the thing is, is that now, you know, sometimes it has to happen where it's this early, and it's scary because of all these things going on, and especially with so much time in training camp left over, you have that fear that you know somebody could go and get injured. And mm-hmm. it's 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 tough. It's a little scary. Get your worries. Now, do any of these sure. do any of these guys that we just talked about do they slip in your draft or 
or do you, you know, stay away from them because of the possibility of them holding out for a year? Uh, me personally, um, yeah, I kind of put an asterisk in the name. It, it, at, at some point in the draft, for me, like, say, for instance, first of all, just to give you a clue on the draft I'm doing tomorrow, everybody gets two keepers. Uh, and in the people that we've talked about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is some guy's keeper. And I believe last year somebody took the chance and uh, held on to Le'Veon Bell in hopes that something would, you know, happen. Uh, for sure, he got drafted. You know what I mean? And it turned out not to work out. Uh, obviously, well, I, I will say this. Le'Veon Bell actually did um, wind up getting kept by somebody. So, obviously, he was on somebody's lineup last year. Uh, so, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes that's what's going to happen. Like, people are going to, uh, you know, get guys who, you know, have issues, whether it be with contracts or, or like, um, with uh, trouble with the league. You know, trouble with, um, you know, suspensions and stuff like that. Uh, people are going to take a flyer and take a chance. In my mind, like, say, for instance, in this case, Melvin Gordon, um, at some point, now keep in mind, we start draft, the round one is technically round three. There's already 20 people off the board, 20 players, I'll say. Um, so with 20 players already off the board, you know, you, you got to kind of think in your mind, you know, where is that guy going for me as pertaining to the talent that's still left out there? So using Melvin Gordon as an example, for me, if he's available in the third round, which technically would be the fifth, I got to take a flyer on him. You know what I mean? Like if he's mm-hmm. sitting there because mm-hmm. people want to have his contract and I have – Already, I have Alvin Kamara because he's one of my keepers. And I, with one of those first two rounds, pick up another running back who I'm confident in. I would take a chance in that third round if he's still available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't play. How about, how about the situation with Antonio Brown? Now, first off, he did the cryogenic – um, thing and wound up getting uh, frostbite on his uh, toes or something like that. So his feet all screwed up because of that. He'll overcome that. We all know that. Uh, but the biggest is his grievance against the NFL and the change of the helmets and that he can't use his old helmet. Now, the other day I was watching uh, pro football talk uh, with Mike Florio and Chris Sims. And they brought up the fact that the helmet, the old helmet that he used, doesn't necessarily, the NFL hasn't necessarily banned that helmet. But it's got to be a newer model, if you will, of that, um, I forget the maker of of his helmet. So needless to say, they're saying less than 10 years. So they're going back and forth about this, and all of a sudden Chris Sims speaks up, and I'm like, he nailed it. 
he's like, because Mike Florio was talking about Antonio Brown going out and finding this newer model helmet so that he could still use that style helmet, just a newer model, right? Chris Sim turns around and says, nope, somebody else is going to find that for him. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to give him some autograph stuff. He's going to give him tickets to a game. You know, this is stuff that, you know, the makers of that helmet should really, you know, get behind. So, you know, they, they get some um, – they're going to get coverage out of it one way or another. But, you know, everybody could basically capitalize on this situation. I was like, you know what? It's weird because he basically, here's the thing I didn't say already. And the caveat to this is Antonio Brown threatened the NFL with liability suit if he's injured in the newer helmet. Is that crazy? I mean, this is, how do you feel if you're the ownership of the GM and ownership of the Oakland Raiders? Do you want to keep this guy around or, I mean, cause it's, it's kind of like these actions that Pittsburgh was willing to part ways with him. And probably the reason why Pittsburgh was willing to part ways with him is things like this. Here's the thing about Antonio Brown. We all know he's talented, but he's got what I call the Terrell Owens syndrome. And that is oh, he, he's, he's gotta like be, that. he's gotta be in the spotlight. Um, you know, like that he analogy. has to be. He, he's one of those guys who just has to be in the spotlight, just like you know Terrell Owens was. Uh, eventually, it's going to bite him in the ass, just like it did with Terrell. And you know, maybe he takes some humble pies in or whatnot. But until then, you know, Oakland got him for a reason. So Oakland's going to stand behind him because uh, you know the other reports is he was threatening on retiring and he was threatening to do this. And it's all about attention. It is. Um, but a guy like that, personally, you know, with those thought processes, when he brings that up, I put him lower, especially since he's been in the league for so many years now and is on a new team. I put him lower on the uh, totem pole as far as where I would pick him in, in yeah, a league. Um, and, you know, because I can find guys. I, I, I'll I, – I, was looking uh, the other night. I actually, where, oh, I guess I have it upstairs. I, I have like a list that I set up, my own personal list. And I found myself putting him down under guys that, you know, performance-wise you would not typically do. Uh, but I just would rather have the other guys on my team because, one, they're younger. And, two, they don't come with all that hoopla. And that's, you know, that's something I think about. No, because then, you know, he's just – I'd rather have a guy who's maybe getting annually 10 to 20 points less than Antonio Brown um, but has more upside, I guess you could say, and mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have a risk of, you know, losing him for, you know, amount of games or whatnot because he pissed off the wrong person. You know, and, you know what I mean? Like – he sat there, and there I go with being somebody pissing off the wrong person again. But, um, you know, just, you know, he gets, you know, where Oakland has had enough or, you know, he gets suspended for something, even something probably stupid or, 
you know, he just decides, well, you know, I'm just not going to play, um, you know, because he wants attention more so than, you know, he deserves. Maybe he has a down year. You know what I mean? Now, well, like those are things that factor into my the, mind. Apparently he reported back to uh, Raiders practice field the other day. So, yes. looks as though looks as though he's kind of given that up, which, by the way, um, it did come out that Antonio Brown offers to trade sign helmet for a newer model. I was looking around, you know, reading all this stuff up. As you were talking, I was clicking on other links, and all of a sudden I see it. I was like, yep, there we go, just like Kristen's talked about. So what do you think? Do you think someone, like, basically he's offering to to trade the sign helmet that he has now for a newer model. So, you know, basically somebody's going to find this for him. Do you think the manufacturer of those helmets gets involved and finds the newer model, or is it some rando fan out there that, you know, finds it and brings it to him so that he can get the autograph and possibly tickets? Well, yeah, I, I mean, it more so sounds like the manufacturer, because I guess you would have to have it. Like, if you were a person who was a fan or something like that, because I thought about it. I was like, I wish I knew how to make a, a <laughs> I wish I knew how to make a, um, a football helmet. I'd make one that met the requirements and the specs, give it to them, take that signed autograph to, uh, Helmet, and then maybe be like, okay, sell it on eBay somewhere. So not eBay, but you know, sell it to somebody who would covet it, make a pretty darn good profit. I, I in, in my mind, I mean, like, I, I would think that the manufacturer would want to get in on that, like as it's being said, and be like, get this guy a new helmet, and you know, you know what I mean. And just get that autographed helmet and then just kind of, you know, use it as a publicity stunt. You know what I mean? What's interesting about that, now that I think about it, is is, is that things like that, when, when you I, – I, I don't know about you, Cappy, but when you get on um, – you know, the TV and you see some, or you hear stories of, you know, people going to these auctions that have these type of, you know, and just using this as an example, these type of things that it seems like it should be impossible for just your regular average Joe Schmo to have. And you mm-hmm. say to yourself, you know, like, how is that possible? Um, it would be kind of interesting. Like all of a sudden somebody comes up and is like, yeah, I got a, I got six rings, six Super Bowl rings that uh, you know, uh, belong to this guy and this guy and this guy. And you're like, how in the world do you come to the possession of that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it uh, it could be conspiracy theory around that stuff too. <laughs> well, I was, well, now, I was going to say, you know, it's like, how did you wind up with that guy's Super Bowl ring? Oh, I'll tell you. Well, what it was is that, you know, I used to uh, 
be on suicide watch at a prison and this guy came in, high profile guy, and uh, he knew some names of people, one who was a Super Bowl champion. And, you know, the the guy said, hey, if you could look the other way, I'll give you my Super Bowl ring. And then um, mm-hmm. and then that's how I became in possession of it. So I was just figured I'd come down here to Antiques Roadshow and see how much it could be worked for. <laughs> this is a very interesting <laughs> piece that brought me today. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so, oh man! So At nine thirty-five, I went from Epstein and brought it in and combined it in with Antique Roadshow. That's town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That which proves you can connect anything. <laughs> so, let let me ask you this, Buck: Are there any rookies that you're willing to go after? For your fantasy football team, um, I believe that this year is not like some of the years in the in the past. I believe you know some people. I, I believe when Zeke came in, um, he was such a high touted rookie that he got chose early and deservingly so. And last year, Saquon Barkley uh, isn't. Get a rookie. Now I'm here. Oh, well, there you Can go. you hear me? Mm. Yeah, it's just it, funny. It, you dropped out. It's funny because uh, it's probably because I'm looking at my schedule right now and it says I have a poor connection, but it just went away. So maybe that's what it was. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel like this year is one of those years where you know uh, rookies are going to be chosen. You know, every year they are, and I just looked at it and said to myself, well, really, on the side of, like, say, running back, maybe Josh Jacobs is the only guy I see that might be uh, a highly touted, uh, highly touted rookie um, mm-hmm. to choose. I, I mean, there's some out there that would think what, for the later round. That... We, we draft five running backs, so given it a tier, tier one through five, where are you willing to take a shot at uh, Josh Jacobs for your uh, running back uh, field? Tier two, well, in, tier in, three, lower? I, I, I'd say that that he's a tier three for me. Um, you know, I would, I would theoretically like to have two guys that I have faith in above him. Um, but, you know, Let's just say I'd be disappointed if he was my number two. However, given the circumstance of how I drafted, you know, maybe I did it because I wanted to be heavy on wide receivers, and I valued wide receivers at that time more so. That's a good than point. The running Let's back. Say you have three, three uh, stud receivers, like you did in our league last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, then, I mean, then having him as your number two isn't so bad, right? True, but in theory, the way I chose my receivers last year, if you can remember, I believe that uh, I went two running backs first, the first two rounds, and then went with yep. receivers. 
and I went with, you know, thought process of value and what they could do for me. And I really believed like a couple of them were going to be slow workhorses. And I went not as to the amount of touchdowns that they would score, but really the volume of yardage and catches. Um, and that's where I mm-hmm. went with my receivers, and it really turned out to work out for me. Um, yeah, and, and to the point where it really wasn't the top three. Like I had when I left the um, draft last year, I believed that my team was going to be as good as it actually was. But yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, like I was, like, man, this really did work out. But. I picked Saquon Barkley first round. Some people might have thought I went early, but I it's what I wanted to do. Like I actually thought I turned out to be the best running back in fantasy football last year in our scoring system. Right. And and I just believed whether it was a stretch or not, I thought to myself, that's the guy I want. Um and you know, sometimes you gotta say that. Sometimes you gotta take a reach for guys and you know how it is when we're at the draft. People will even say, mm-hmm. Ooh, that was a reach. That was a reach. Or, you know, when people think that somebody really good went far uh, longer on the board than they should have, they're like, go, oh, good pick, good pick. <laughs> you, you know how it goes. So mm-hmm. I really yep. felt like I, I, I might have reached for him, but also I was like, I don't care if I'm reaching for him. That's who I want to put on my team. That's how I want to surround my team. And then I believe I was towards the later in the first round uh, when I chose him. And when I came back around, Melvin Gordon was available to me. So I, I do remember that. And then I just got lucky. You know, Tyreek Hill went on a tear last year, and I had him, um, along with other receivers. Julian Edelman was a guy who I picked as my fourth wide receiver in the league I believe last year and I chose him and I I saw him slipping because he had four or he was going to have a four game suspension and people were slipping on him because of it and I said man for number four I already have my starter for the first four weeks you know like in my mind I remember I was like I already have my starters for the first four weeks so I don't even care that I have to sit him for that much, that amount of time, and that's when I cho- I remember choosing him, thinking on that on those lines. So yeah, I, I I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I mean, this here's the thing. At this time of year, when you're doing fantasy football, I feel like for me, this is the time that makes and breaks my season. It shows me how much dedication I have towards fantasy football for the year. It mm-hmm. really reflects for the whole year for me, um, you know, how how in keen and how interested I am in fantasy football for the year um, really stems around this time. You know, and, and to be honest with you, it's I guess it's kind of good that I have a, a draft coming tomorrow because it made me look at it earlier, where sometimes, yep. you know, I'm so busy and so preoccupied with life, I've gone into a draft literally looking at stuff the night before for maybe an hour, Same. if that, 
And really, it's stemmed for at least for that year where I was just like, you know, you get those years. For me, I get those years where I just was like, well, I guess I really wasn't interested in it so much this year. And you contemplate whether you're even going to do anything the next year. And then next year comes and you wind up committing and, you know, it changes. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of good that I've had the ability to look at stuff because for my other leagues, I'll be slightly more prepared. Um, I feel like I did a decent amount of preparation for tomorrow and, and yeah, I hope it goes well. I, I, I'm not going to say it to you or to to the people on air, but throughout the years, I really have developed in my mind a system, and I really don't deviate from it as to how I draft and how I choose. And I rarely go off of the beaten path with that. And you know, really, it's worked out for me. It's uh, helped me to make a ton of playoffs. And, you know, sometimes it's making the right move within the year and having just dumb luck. Like, for instance, last mm-hmm. year, whoever picked up Mahomes. And I, I I will admit that when I picked up, if you remember in our league, Deshaun Watson last year, and I followed him up with Jared, uh, Jared Goff, I, I think because of a buy with Deshaun Watson, that I didn't pick up Mahomes, but I was really thinking, I want to pick up this guy, you know, because I have my, in my belief, I already have my starter. And I was like, let me pick up this guy and just see how he does. Uh, and he went on a chair. And in another league, didn't you have I remember kill? I did. In my and other league. Double, double down with Mahomes, that would have been deadly. I know, right? And I won without him. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, it's well, like, you could you imagine of... if that was my starting quarterback last year compared to who I did have? Like, Now, wow. who did you start in the championship game? Was it uh, Goff or Watson? Even it was Goff. Towards the end of the year, I was gotcha. going towards Goff more so. Because he had a I good think... year last year. I think both guys are going to have an even better year this year. Keep in mind, Jared Goff lost Cooper Cup last year, who happened to be one of my best receivers aside from um, DeAndre Hopkins. I went blank there for a second. But, yeah, yeah Cooper I, Cup what? and DeAndre Hopkins were doing really well for me, kind of making up for my uh, running back woes. But speaking of running backs, we talked about tier one through five. I'm going to give you Michael Fabiano's top ten running backs. And you tell me if you're okay with them being your number one running back. Because everybody's going to draft (laughs) a running back, right? Odds are. Yeah. Odds are there's going to be a guy out there who picks up two running backs before somebody picks up their first one. So their tier one running back is going to be, you know, outside of this realm. It's going to be somebody like a Dalvin Cook or Kerryon Johnson with the Lions. So here's, exactly. here's his uh, running backs. 
Saquon Barkley. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, he, that's a yes, right? No-brainer. Yep. Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> now that's my number one. Okay, good. All right. And he's with the Jets, so David yeah. Johnson with the Wait. Cardinals. Who? David Johnson? David Johnson. Um, yeah, like if I was choosing in the in the later part of the first round, yeah, I, I I'd be satisfied. You, you got to look at it as the guys that I mentioned are off the board. Are you okay with him being your your number one running back? Um, so James Conner, Steelers. Yes. I had him last year in our league. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he had a great year. Here's one for Killer. you. Joe Mixon with the Bengals. Ah, uh, no. Nope. Not my number you one. You know, number two or number three in my book. You know what I mean? And that would be low on the number two. Just my opinion. Um, Nick Chubb. With the Browns. Nope. I'm number one. Todd Gurley with the Rams. Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy. Same. I, I agree with you. Now, that's his top ten running backs. Gurley being 18 overall in his top 200. So, you know, I look at the running backs oh. and I go, man, once you get past I'd say six of them. Mm-hmm. The other ones are like, ooh, you make you a yeah, little no. unnervous. That's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I, I, I may want to get a second guy to shore him up so that I'm not, you know, in that position where I'm riding that one guy. Um and yeah, I have two decent receivers, but that one guy is like, ugh. last year, you know, the way it went, Leonard Fournette was there for me. And, you know, right. looking back at it, I think Melvin Gordon was available at this time, but, um, or no, no, you took him before I even got a chance. To, I can't remember exactly, but uh, Leonard Fournette was that guy and then people started taking other running backs, and I was like, okay, well, let me move to receivers. And then Leonard Fournette, you know, well, he had that suspension early on because of the the fight that he had. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, injuries start going. And I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Yeah, I wish I would well, have gotten that second running back. You know, yeah, my receiving core was okay, and then Cooper Cup went down. I just, I was riddled with injuries last year, just riddled yeah. with them. But, but I, I, I mean, I'll tell you this: like, for me, if you have a guy like a Barkley or a Kamara, I'm going to just go with those two guys. My theory is that maybe you can wait, <clears throat> build up on your wide receivers same. from there. Yep, um, I agree. But if if you have a guy, like a couple of the guys that you mentioned, um, like Joe Mixon, James Connor, Joe or Mixon, Nick Chubb, 
or <laughs> even James Conner. Um, if I have, I'm I'm going to take Conner out for a minute. But if I have Mixon and Chubb, either one of them as my number one running back, I better have like a guy like say. I'm going to say like a Devontae Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins along with like a Tyreek Hill or I'll go on lower, maybe even like a Keenan Allen or an Adam Thielen. If I had those two receivers, I'd feel a little bit better about having um, one of those guys. You know what I mean? Or even if I had like Mm -hmm. a DeAndre Hopkins and Patrick Mahomes. Like, like, I'm typically, I'll say, typically I don't even choose a, a quarterback that early. Like, I sit there and I'll, I'll say, well, I'll let somebody pick up Mahomes up or a Rodgers up or a, a Brady up early uh, if they wanted to. Um, and I'm just going to stock up on receivers and running backs. And every year I kind of – I really do try to put in my mind, you know, who I want at that quarterback position who isn't listed as a top five, but will do a wonderful and serviceable job for me. Um, and I always, I always have a list of like three or four and last year, like sleeper guys that I know people will kind of fall back on. And last year, I remember thinking, I, I want to get Deshaun Watson. I did. So I went a little higher than I normally would go. I think I picked him fifth round. Um, but that being said, him and Goff were guys who were highly on my list of guys who I was like, I'm going to be high on this guy. And I have a, I have a list of about five this year as well, which I'm not going to divulge with you. <laughs> Understandable. Yep. Sorry, I had to sneeze for a minute and earlier in the show. Oh, okay. I did not get to my mute button in time, and I was holding it off on that one. And I was able to get to the mute button, but yeah. So to me, it's all about like this is the time for me that really I feel is like the most fun uh, for me is that moment before the draft, before you actually draft your team and you come up with all these scenarios and thought processes, as long as you give in the time to do it. And like for in in amazement last year, I finished, I forget where I finished in other leagues in the league. I draft tomorrow. I finished fifth. And when I came out of that draft, I hated my team. I did. And as the league started, because I, I remember my Alvin Kamara, obviously I loved him, and uh, Thielen was another guy that I had. Uh, I loved him, but like my tight end, because in this league you have to have a tight end, was Ertz. So obviously I loved that. But other than those three, like as the as the beginning of the year started, there were guys that I was starting and everything. And I was like, man, I I'm just up against it. And, you know, I, I finished fifth, and I would say that I had a, an, a little bit of an outside shot of, of making the championship. I didn't think I would win it. 
And I, I really was like, okay, well, you know, to me, I felt like I did better than I really thought I was going to do in that league. Um, and then in my other league that I'm in, yeah, I remember, I remember feeling like I was a playoff team. Uh, but you know, outside of, of being a contender, but when I drafted for our league and I came out of that draft, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm not just joshing you here. I really felt, I was like, wow, I felt real confident about like how my draft turned out. So I was really, uh, happy about it. And, mm-hmm. and then I wound up turning out winning the championship. So. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped up. And pretty pumped up for this year. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of the other uh, lists and um, Fantasy Pros puts like a tier one, tier two, tier three. They basically tier one. They have four running backs: Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliott. And after that, in their tier two, it's uh, David Johnson, Chubb, Connor, Le'Veon Bell, and Joe Mixon. Which I don't know that I totally agree with that, but, I mean, think of it this way. If any one of those guys is your number two running back, I think you're fairly happy, you know. But um, mm. needless to say, they're, they're tier three. Well, you you got you to gotta look at it as, you have one of the tier one guys. Right. Like, let's say you have Alvin Kamara and James Conner. Probably right. happy with that. You know, certainly I would be because, I mean, the guys that I just rattled off, that's only nine uh, running backs. And, you know, in a 10-team league, the odds of you having two out of those nine, very low. You know, very, very um, rare. That's why last year was a rare rarity for me with who I got. You know, it, first. It, but I picked them one and two. So it could happen. You know, somebody picks Mahomes, somebody picks DeAndre Hopkins. Somebody else comes in and picks up a guy like Julio Jones. Maybe that might not be the best choice, but just saying, you know, or, uh, Adams with um, Devontae Adams with uh, yeah. Green Bay. So, and yeah. you're picking, say, ninth or tenth, and you wind up with, you know, say, James Conner and, you know, double it up with a, a guy like David Johnson. Okay. You know, I don't know that I would do that. Now, probably. It- you know, probably go towards Gurley because Gurley's not in that list. Gurley's in the tier three with Dalvin Cook, Kerryon Johnson, Marlon Mack, Damian Williams with KC, which leads the question. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're up against some time soon here, but what's the deal with Kareem Hunt? Do you even, do you even take a stab at him? I don't believe his well, case obviously, is done, is it? From their thought process with Nick Chubb being so high, um, and, and I've seen that. I've seen Nick Chubb high on a lot of lists. Not for me. 
But Nick Chubb being that high, you got to think, like, you know, what is Cleveland's thought process with Hunt? So, I, you know, I take a stab at him in the later rounds. But, you know, I, I, you know, I want to touch him otherwise. As your, as your what? What tier? Tier three, four, oh, Jesus. five? Well, I, I want to – Hunt is a guy, you know, with all of his issues, and you know, I just want to choose him. Any, I wouldn't have him in any possibility being able to be in my starting lineup. He'd be a stash away. So four, at the highest. There you go. Uh, I'm with you on that because I think you just but you nailed it. And then, you know, they're high on you know the um, Browns are high on Nick Chubb. So, like you mentioned. What are their plans with Kareem Hunt? So, anyway. Um, so, needless to say, there's there's a lot out there. And I can't get into another conversation with you because we'll we'll go on a little bit too far, I think. So, yeah, um, we might have to wait for two we, weeks from now in order to yeah. do so. Yeah, we'll definitely get back on it again, and we'll get into the summer stuff. You know, how do you how are you staying cool? Because we've had oppressive heat um, the past three four weeks. You know, and then uh, what are your favorite summertime treats? But uh, why don't we call it a night, and uh, and then we'll get back on it again in two weeks. Sounds good. Trying to find, I'm trying to find a song that we can play that, I mean, it's going to get cut off, folks, but I'm going to play it anyway. Um, just a reminder, join us two weeks from now, Wednesday night, live, 8 p.m. here on Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check out our sponsors at gnarlybeerco.com. When you place an order, please make sure to remember to use the promo code SINISTER for a VIP discount. I'm Cappy. He's Buck. We'll see you guys in two weeks. And here's the selling point real quick. Two weeks from now, <laughs> live on the air. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Who knows where this road is supposed to lead? We got nothing but time.